This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. James Golden, we have with us James Eisenberg, who's the co-host of a remarkable podcast called The Future Is Now, dealing with all things crypto, blockchain, the coming world. James, thank you for joining us this morning. Good morning, bro. Good to be here. Thank you so much. The podcast that we do together, James, has certainly enlightened me as to this world of cryptocurrency and blockchain. I, like many people, total novice coming in. Your background, of course, coming from the Internet, coming from the from the financial world, you are just so well-suited to understand this. So my first question to you, before we get into the specifics of what New York did this week, New York legislators, <clears throat> is this. We have lots of people listening this morning, probably, that don't know a thing about crypto other than they read this crypto, crypto stuff. They don't understand it. They don't understand how it works, what it is. Can you give people a brief overview of the importance of what is happening now with crypto and what it is? Sure. So probably what most people know about crypto is Bitcoin. And and Bitcoin is an application that sits on top of this new technology called blockchain. And to, to really get this, you have to go back to the 90s and think about the Internet, because no one really knew anything about the Internet. I was, I was out at Netscape in, uh, in the mid-90s, and I was telling all my friends back in New York, you got to get involved with this thing. It's called the Internet. <laughs> and they <laughs> thought I was crazy. And they said, oh, no one's ever going to put a credit card online, and people aren't going to send mail to people and their personal thoughts on uh, and this computer stuff. And they were afraid of it. It was There was a lot of unknowns. Uh, and it was kind of complex for someone who wasn't really around computers a lot. So – Fast forward, you know, 25 years, and it's a part of our everyday life. You can't even think about going out of the house without your phone. You're on the you're on the internet constantly. Blockchain technology is the next upgrade. So there was the internet in the 90s, and that grew into what we all used to say: our Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, Snapchat. And now we're going to blockchain, and blockchain is an entirely new technology that makes use of the internet, which came before it, but is going to open up so many new jobs and so many new careers and so much wealth for people, just like the internet did. So this is really a time where we want to be embracing this new technology. Now, to, to understand like what the key differences is between the old web, let's call it uh, web one and two, this is when we're just starting out, and if anyone remembers back to the 90s, websites were just kind of like billboards. We would just go there and we'd get information. And that by itself was pretty cool. It was like a magazine online. And then we had Web2 come, and that was more about uh, social media, two-way interactions, blogging. This is when all this stuff took off. Um, and, and what happened over the next 10 years or so from like 2000 to 2010 is the social media companies became extraordinarily powerful because they were the owners of all this information about us. They knew who our friends were, where we'd go for dinner, 
uh, you know, what, what our most personal, intimate thoughts about life, and they mined this data <laughs> and sold it to advertisers, made a fortune, created trillions of dollars of market wealth, and, and most of that wealth resides in the hands of a relatively few number of shareholders. Meanwhile, the users that created all this data and all this information, these videos and these photos, they didn't really get paid anything. You know, in, in some cases, they get paid very small percentages. Now, the reason is because these centralized companies own all this information. In Web3, which is what we're going to call this new blockchain world, the information is owned by us. This is, a, this is a huge shift. So we're going from Facebook and Google knowing everything about us and selling our information and we don't get paid to a world where we all own our own information. We carry it around in these digital wallets on our phones and we share it uh, with websites and with others, um, perhaps for a fee and certainly by permission. So it's a very private system compared to the Internet. And uh, it's what we call distributed, meaning that it's owned by a lot of people. It's not centralized. So these are some of the big differences. There are, there are others. But just to kind of get your head around it, we're going from a centralized system where there's a few major players to a decentralized system where the populace essentially owns these technologies. And that might sound like a subtle difference, not a big deal, but it's a tremendous difference. And in that, in that difference comes the opportunity for all of us to participate in a way that we could not participate when the Internet was being born. Mm -hmm. And that's where these new currencies come in, correct? Yes. Now, so what most people heard about is Bitcoin. And Bitcoin is the first application on the blockchain, similarly to like email was like the first big application on the Internet. The idea of Bitcoin is this concept of electronic money, where we can have our Bitcoin on our on our phones or in our wallets, and we can go and we can purchase things in stores, and we can send money to uh, friends. We can send money internationally for people who send remittances to home countries, and this is this technology is very fast and it's very secure, and it's instant. And so today, if anyone sent a wire, if, if they've sent a wire through the banking system, sometimes it takes days. There's a lot of information that needs to take place. And at the end of the day, your bank controls your money. You don't control your money. Of course, we've seen this in Canada where the government decided to just take the money out of people's bank accounts who were supporting truckers. We've seen this in Russia where the United States basically just locked down uh, <laughs> Russian $650 million of, of dollars. Uh, we see this. In, uh, in all sorts of ways when people become, let's say, uh, um, maybe not in support of their local governments or it, it having a, have an opinion that's contrasting with opinion of uh, the status quo, the narrative that everyone wants you to go along with. So let's say you don't, you can be a person that's non-gratis and they can cut you off. So who really owns your money there? If you want to send a wire on Saturday, you can't send a wire on Saturday. <laughs> Thanks for right. Right. You want to go out. You want to you want to do any kind of banking after hours. You can't do that. And so that money's not yours in in the crypto world. The money's yours. If you want to send a wire to India at 1 a.m. on a Sunday, have at it. Go down to your computer. You type in some codes. The money sent. It's there in a minute. You look into the wallet of the person in India, your counterparty. It's instant settlement. This is like remarkable. And we're, we're not talking about small amounts of money. We're talking about 
hundreds of billions of dollars. And this is why Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan and Fidelity and all the big banks are adopting this technology. There are thousands of job openings in crypto right now because we're, we're witnessing a shift. If you remember the Internet, the Internet really fundamentally changed media. Right. And, and the media companies did not like it. They didn't like it at all. Jack Welch famously said, you know, I don't know how to compete here because I'm trading my uh, uh, analog dollars for digital dimes. And, and it was a new model. And then here comes Craig, you know, guy in San Francisco with 18 friends. They basically put the newspaper uh, business out of business by having innovating a better model for, for classified ads, which is like sort of the lifeblood of newspapers. We're seeing this happening now with blockchain. Blockchain is going to radically change the banking industry. And I think this has something to do with New York's sort of hostile um, relationship with crypto because I think a lot of legislators are, are uh, really under the spell of, of the legacy banking system. And, and this, is, this is an issue because these are the short-sighted moves that, that the legislature is making that is going to have a long-term impact. So New York this week, the legislator, and <clears throat> we don't know whether the governor is going to sign or veto it. There were indications that she would sign it, but that I'm not sure of. Anyway, the the New York legislature basically said to crypto miners, and I don't want to get into the specifics of that right now, but people engaged in developing cryptocurrencies, they said, no, you're not going to do business in New York because it drains too much energy that's reliant on fossil fuels. They bent over for the pretext is that they're bending over for environmental concerns. But what they're really doing is displaying a hostility to close New York to this business, while other cities and states are trying to figure out how can we welcome this new economy. Miami is all in. California, the governor there, is trying to make his state as friendly as possible to this new emerging way of the economy. Correct? Yeah, I mean this is this is a really big deal. I, I grew up on Long Island in the in the 70s. I was a kid, and there was an explosion. My mom and dad moved out to Long Island in the 60s from from New York, and there wasn't anything out there. It was just farms. And then in the 70s and 80s, there was just an explosion of technology because Long Island embraced the defense industry. There was Grumman and TRW and Lockheed, and all of these defense contractors came on Long Island, and it spawned an entire ecosystem. My friend's father built a uh, electronics company, and my mom got me my first software job in the living room of a, someone in Stony Brook that was writing some RPG code. And I was sort of steeped in technology, and my high school, Ward Melville, had one of the first computer departments on Long Island, and I was the beneficiary of that. I got to use some of the first computers that existed on Long Island, and that created a lifelong love for me and interest in technology. And that's what brought me to California and Silicon Valley and Netscape and Ernst & Young and all these other amazing experiences I had. It was because Long Island embraced technology. And what we're seeing happen now in New York, so this bill, so you have to do understand a little bit about mining in order to appreciate this. The, the, the systems that run, because they're decentralized as opposed to centralized, when you have a centralized system like Facebook, Facebook runs all the computers. In a decentralized system, we run the computers. And so there are these miners, which can be as simple as someone's laptop to very complex giant data centers that run these networks and these networks being run by these the different computers is how the network gets secured 
And the security systems on these networks are better than what exists today, right? And I can tell you that with certainty because Bitcoin's network is worth something like $800 billion. It's been open sourced since 2009. It's never been hacked. There's $800 billion sitting out there in the ether in an open source software, and no one's figured out how to get it because this is a very, very secure technology. And, and they use the same cryptography that they use in like nuclear missile silos. So this stuff is secure. Okay, so these miners, they use a lot of power. And this is the issue, right? So there, there are different ways to secure a network. And this particular way with all these decentralized computer systems, this is called proof of work, if you ever see that POW. And then there's another type called proof of stake, which we won't talk about, but essentially that is, uh, uses much less electricity. So this proof of work, this happens to be the system of Bitcoin, which is the largest blockchain. Mm -hmm. So this is sort of a target right at Bitcoin and a target right at this consensus model called proof of work. Now, it does use a lot of power, but what you never see in these headlines is that 60% of the Bitcoin hash rate, the power, computing power, is powered by renewable sources. Tell me another industry that's 60% renewable. <laughs> And there is a uh, you know, I don't even think the wind industry is 60% renewable because they have to you know, build everything with fossil fuels for the, for the windmills. So like, we're not really – this is not an intelligent argument that, that the legislator is making. And, uh, and you can't even make this argument without talking about what is it replacing. So if you want to say, okay, Bitcoin uses X amount of fossil fuels, how much does the banking industry use? Right. right. I mean, what's the comparison here? And, and when you think about what I just told you about Long Island's history, this is like a new space race right now. So we're like in 1963 and New York is saying we don't want any rockets in our state. So, so in this, what happens is if you kick out the miners, you kick out the whole industry because it's an ecosystem. And we've already seen New York's miners drop by 50 percent just this year because of all the uncertainty in the regulatory environment. And we're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars of investment and trillions of dollars of market cap of companies that are they're just leaving. They're going to Texas. They're going to Wyoming. They're going to Alaska. They're going to Colorado. Even California, uh, Governor Newsom put out an executive order basically embracing crypto and blockchain, saying we're going to use it in government services because it's so efficient. We're going to do exploration. He's, he's bear-hugging the industry, and he's smart. Because his state is losing its bleeding businesses to Texas right now because right. this environment is offering all sorts of incentives, like <clears throat> the kind of incentives you offer football teams to come. Because the amount of long-term economic benefit to a region is – we haven't seen anything like this since the internet. So this is a huge opportunity, and New York is, is taking a pass on it. James, that's the time we have today. We're going to explore this more. <clears throat> Urge people to go visit the podcast, The Future Is Now, on WABCRadio.com. Both services, The Future Is Now. James Eisenberg, folks, you can hear this man. It's a genius. He understands this market. Go look at the podcast. You can, James, where can people find you very quickly if they need to find you and explore what you're doing more? Yeah, interblockcapital.com. Interblockcapital.com. James Eisenberg, thank you so much for your time. New York, you're making a huge mistake. 